0: Welcome, everyone, to the Aggregators and Brands show. And today, unfortunately, I don't have Omar yet, but he's going to join us uh, very soon. And I have a great guest, a great friend, uh, Vincenzo Toscano. So ciao, Vincenzo. So thank you for joining uh, joining our show. Uh, yeah, welcome. Uh, and welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate the invite. I mean, I love what you guys are doing with the podcast. I've seen a couple of episodes, and to be honest, it's a pleasure to be here. So thank you for the invite.
0: Thank you very much. And by the way, I really loved your background. That this mindset I know. is everything, and uh, I, know. I mean, the I message. Get that is every great. single
1: time. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, the message yeah. is great, but the perception, right? I mean, like. When you look at it, is it a shark? Is it just a fish? I mean, I love it very much. Yeah. I think I would definitely go and check, you know, where you get it from uh, later. Yeah,
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it's something I use a lot when I'm having a call with a client or the team and we are struggling or going to a difficult time. I say, guys, remember this this picture here. Mindset is everything. Don't give up. Keep keep going. So, yeah. Absolutely, it's, man. It's Absolutely. a mantra,
0: yes, for sure yeah for sure so um let i mean let's start by you know kind of like you know, t- maybe you can tell us a bit about yourself um uh, and i know that you are like you are the founder of the ecomc and maybe you can tell about us like what you did before that and after like what is ecomc is doing so that would be really great
1: awesome yeah so um I'm going to start with a, a bit of my background. So before the whole Amazon space and everything, I used to be an engineer, so nothing to do with e-commerce. I used to work for Rolls-Royce as an aerospace engineer in the UK, basically doing the turbines for airplanes and and, and things like that. And then after basically having my, my 9 to 5 job as an engineer, I started exploring the opportunity to basically... Doing some side income while I was doing having my engineering job because to be honest since being a child I always wanted to have my own business and my own thing and always being I also, been, I also have, I have always been ambitious right so it's not like nine to five was gonna be the end of everything for me in terms of growth. I wanted to achieve something more. And that's how I started exploring on internet, like things to do money on the side. And guess what? Amazon FBA was one of the things I found. That's how I started selling on Amazon. And then things started to go very well. And then from there, Uh, After a couple of months and years of selling, uh, I also even saw the opportunity of opening the agency because people reaching out to me, asking for advice. I saw that there is definitely a need in the market because there's people that definitely have amazing brands, amazing products outside of Amazon. But when they jump into an Amazon, it's a different animal. It's it's something you need to understand inside out. And I thought, okay, yes, I want to be part of that, helping through the journey of basically scaling and growing the brand on Amazon. And that's how it comes, it came to fruition. And now it comes, it's going to be almost three years old in a couple of months. Uh, and it is, it's been going great. I mean, Teams is growing, clients are doing great and very happy to be honest where we are reaching so far. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's great to hear. Uh, and three years is a is a very long time in the Amazon world. I mean, I sometimes think like one Amazon day is like like uh, like 10 like i mean it's a different like there's so many changes happening on amazon like uh, it's like 10 days are passing so if you spend the last 3 years uh, in the amazon world as an agency then you've seen you have been through like so many changes like oh my god i so, mean it's a, so it's many like things you go for a vacation for three months and come back and try to understand Amazon advertising, but the things already <laughs> changed, right? I mean, so, I mean, I'm, I'm having this with the, with the Amazon technology problems that I'm facing all the time as we are developing the Eva software. Um, one of the things, uh, Vincenzo, and, and um, I mean, uh, we want to always talk about aggregators and brands, but like you are owning an agency for uh, three years now. Um, What's the differentiator? Why should the people go to eCompsi? There's like so many agencies as well, right? I mean, yeah, for you sure, guys are for based sure. in UK, but I'm pretty sure you have customers all around the world. Primarily, I'm sure that you have a lot of US customers too, UK yeah. customers, I'm sure European customers, maybe Italian ones. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: why for these sure. guys are like going to you? Is, what's the difference?
1: Yeah, I would say the number one thing that we are well known, at least in the space, is a is customer service we provide like top notch. I make sure that every single client gets 24-7 uh, support no matter the time. And that's why we actually have team members across the globe. So we've got people in Latin America, uh, North America, Europe, and Asia. And that basically allows me to make sure that we have basically support 24-7 in, in depending on the country you're based. So that's one of the first thing. The second thing is that we have uh, basically an A set system in terms of uh, how we see your business and and the team that basically is going to allow you throughout uh, the whole phase of Amazon business. So what do I mean by this? There is definitely a lot of agencies out there, and I totally agree with you. But I find that nowadays there is a lot of agents that specialize just in one thing, like maybe photography, maybe PC, maybe listings, maybe translation. I mean, the different sections of an Amazon business. But, but we have designed within our, our basically agencies to have all those micro, uh, I would say, departments within the same roof, right? So that basically allows to make sure that we can fix every single section of your business within the same, basically, a team. So why this is beneficial? Because we are in the past when we ask feedback for people regarding why you changed to a com scene and what you like about working with us is that sometimes they tell us that the, the challenge of working with an agency that just specializes on one thing is that let's say you're working with an agency that just do PPC and, and you're struggling with conversions and conversion usually has to do with listing photography and all of that. Usually they don't have the, uh, the teams in place to help you with that and they usually refer you. You need to go to another agency. You need to be jumping around where with us, we take care of everything for you. So I think that's uh, added uh, value because it's going to be more time efficient for you and you're going to ensure that you can have more control of everything that's going on. And I think um, the third factor uh, when it comes to uh, also working uh, with a compsie is that we really personalize all our services to you. So what I mean by this, is every single time a client joins a compsie, we'll make sure that you get assigned... Uh, uh, brand manager that basically is going to familiarize with your brand and he's going to be your single point of contact for everything he's going to be usually the person to understand all your products inside out your branding uh, goals and basically that's going to allow us to make sure that all the goals that you have in the long term are usually tailored into the services that you pro- uh, will provide you so i think those are some of the main points for sure as some maybe i'm leaving out but i think that's some of the ones that come to my mind straight away yeah I think I I I I lost you. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can you yeah,
0: hear me? I can hear you now. I'm sorry for that. Like, awesome. look, like, today I have a little bit of a problem with my. Uh, Don't worry. Um, but I just want to repeat this because it makes a lot of sense, and also my experience also tells me that you know you are doing the right things here. Um, I worked in a very much a customer obsessed company called Siebel before <laughs> Oracle acquired Siebel in like 2006. And uh, Tom Siebel was the guy who created the company. It's the first CRM company. And our signature was, it's all about customer. So, and mm. you know, as you are always using the same signature, it's always becoming like, okay, it's all about customer and you start from the customer and go backwards. Like It's not that you start from your solution, which is PPC, for example.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. You start from the customer and the customer problem and then go backwards and it's all about the customer and uh, the customer obsession. So having like a 24 by seven support and also able to personalize it and having a brand manager who is accountable that makes a lot of sense. And uh, the other thing that I don't believe it's the right thing is, uh, actually, there are two sides of equation. One, I don't believe PPC agencies, okay? Like, I mean, because mm. PPC is just one part of the problem. I the, think
1: of all, the huge hot parcel, yeah. For yeah, sure.
0: it's yeah. like, you know, that iceberg, the second uh, picture that yeah. I see, Behind you, like, I mean, people think, okay, this PPC is complex. I agree. It is not easy. And this automation tools, which claim uh, that they do AI is pretty much rubbish. Yes, they <laughs> do, and they help, but you always need someone on top of it. and uh, And that guy needs to be an expert. But the problem is there is a bigger problem. It's not just a small PPC issue that you can fix because let's say you don't have enough reviews, and I, I'm always having these conversations. Like the, the the customer has two reviews, and he's telling me, okay, let's uh, let's start the PPC. Well, but we're not selling yet. Like maybe we need to play with other things, also promotions, competitive pricing, um, the SEO, uh, the the quality of the image. I mean there is a lot of things like changing the way that converts uh, so it makes a lot of sense not to just focus on the PPC but all of them together then it makes sense to focus on PPC if you are taking care of everything all together that there yeah. is a unified impact right otherwise you That's get right. thousands of dollars and maybe you cannot end up anywhere. So I really like the the differentiators and I very much believe in the uh all in one solution uh for the for the customers as well and uh back to the main theme of our show which is pretty much about like uh aggregators and brands uh being in UK there are a few uh very big um, aggregators very promising i know that you've been to a few of events like they
1: yeah for are, sure
0: like Allsum, for example our good friends <laughs> right They created it like, a, I think it's like a one and a half years back, if I'm not mistaken. So what's your view about the aggregators in Europe, in UK in particular, what are they doing? Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, the aggregators thing is a tricky one because I think everything went from uh, flowers and rainbows to now being uh, a lot of it underwater, right? So we are seeing definitely a decline when it comes to money being dep- the market. And I think what happened, at least based on, on my assumption, this all based from my point of view, is that at the beginning when all this money need, needed to be deployed, all these aggregators, because it was a race to basically make sure all the money was deployed, they started purchasing a lot of brands, and, and the multiples got basically skyrocketed, basically multiples that most... Some people was actually asking me, like, year, should I sell? They offered me six, seven times. And I was saying, if they're offering six, seven times a multiple, is, it's no-brain. I mean, there's no way you're going to get something higher in the coming years because it's going to be actually going downwards. And I think a lot of people now nice is regretting that it didn't sell. But anyway, I think going back to what I was saying, I think uh, what happened is that a lot of them overpaid for these brands and also the realistic, uh, it, it wasn't realistic the amount of sales we were getting. Uh, basically COVID, right? We saw a huge spike in e-commerce and, and basically was destroyed to buy all these brands. And actually we are seeing a decline. I mean we're definitely seeing a decline across the board in some in some of the brands and definitely uh, consumer um, consumer spending across the board is definitely decreasing uh, in some of the categories. But I strongly believe that it's gonna go back on track. I think this all down to what is happening with inflation. The recession has been announced eventually in the US and eventually worldwide. I think this definitely didn't, uh, a lot of uh, aggregators didn't expect that, and now they're having a challenge that basically they overpaid for some of the brands, the brands are not performing how they used to perform, and basically it's difficult now for them to pay back all the money they borrow to buy these brands. And now what is happening is that for them to survive, what they're doing is trying more money at PPC, trying to survive, that is spiking PPC and CPCs across the board. And that means almost nobody now is making money in some categories, right? And it's basically a, a down downward, um, uh, yeah, thing that it is becoming bad for some of them. And I think it's gonna be interesting what is gonna be happening in the coming months and the news we're gonna see, yeah.
0: Absolutely. By the way, I mean, when I first uh, heard about this, and this is not like started with Trust.io, but like a couple of years back, before even Trust.io, there were a couple of guys who started the uh, the aggregator journey, both on the Shopify side and Amazon side uh, at the same time. And then they failed, uh, by the way, uh, after a few years. And then the Trust.io came in and they were so successful in, uh, raising uh, more money, uh, you know, day after day, like they raised the uh, bigger uh, rounds and then they open the doors for the rest of mm. them. I think like one of the things is sorted out, like in the, in the second wave, like they understand how to raise money. Like, I yeah. think, you know, that's, that's, that's sorted out. Like it looks like it yeah, works. for sure it works now $15 billion is raised, right? And out of that yeah. $15 billion, I don't know how much is deployed, but I don't know. Let, let's assume $5 billion is deployed. Uh, it's huge money that is deployed to the small and medium businesses. They acquired a lot of guys' companies, um, and uh, pretty much maybe half of them are going for new brands. The other half is becoming teachers or gurus or Agencies, I mean, I'm like here, you know, seeing that all the time. What I'm saying is like it was a great thing for the Amazon community, like to have five billion dollar extra uh, for for the for the Amazon sellers. So it's it's a great reason, uh, one one additional reason to be on the Amazon space, especially as a private label or a brand. Um, and uh, and I that's also what I encourage with uh, a lot of guys who are coming like new sellers. They are asking me, should I be a reseller or a private label? And I say, well, guys, you know, like if you have the good idea, manufacturer, you should go be a private label yeah. because there is value of your uh, business, right? But
1: if you're going to sell a fidget spinner, don't do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There are a couple of reseller friends who are making millions of dollars, but they know that maybe tomorrow they come back to work and they recount the suspenders. (laughs) So they also know that. It's like, you know that you may die tomorrow. Like, I mean, they are fully aware of that. I I mean, I've been through this as well. I mean, we we still have an eight-figure brand uh, which is like a mix of private label and reselling business in the CPG yeah. space. Uh, I awesome. still own it. And I can tell you that one time last year, oh. it was suspended. Three days. Wow. I mean, three days. I can
1: imagine the fear. Yeah.
0: yeah. $100,000 is gone. And it was a totally insane reason. Like it makes absolutely no sense. But it took us three days even to reach out, you know, Case management, opening like call somebody yeah, on yeah. Amazon and try to find a re, find a solution. It's always very tough. What's your experience, by the way, with Amazon? Now being a full service agency, if you were a PPC agency, you would be like, I mean, I do my PPC and I go right. I mean, and yeah. the 97 percent of the problems, it's with you, dear yeah. on brand, and I can do my PPC. But now you are the full-service agency. What are the biggest problems you are facing with uh, to 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 progress your business?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think the typical big problems that we always find is the typical listing suppression that we need to basically get a listing back online. Uh, When we need to get, for example, with some of the supplement brands we sell on, it's always sometimes tricky to get them approved. They don't have the right documentation. Uh, some other issues we see a lot then is uh, for example if they were doing things that were not correct before coming to us like things with reviews rebates and all of that then sometimes they can come back to you and buy you and then we need to file that and, and backlog everything so these are some of the main issues um and for sure so brand race i mean brand register is always these present issues with brand racer like is people trying to hack you, your listings or things like that. So I see that on a daily basis, I would say. So, but yeah, I think the number one thing for sure is um, issues with the listings. So, for example, when people try to change the back end of your listing and put keywords there to change the category or get it suppressed. So, yeah, things like that for sure.
0: Absolutely. And especially if you are spending more time with Amazon, I guess, that creates another big issue. Um, I'm sometimes wondering, like, because you don't know how long it will take to sort it out. Sometimes it's one call, which is very unlikely, and most yeah, of the yeah. time it's ten calls. And uh, and sometimes on the sixth call, you go back to the step one, which is a robot. I know. Can- Telling you, thank you very much for. Yeah, yeah, um, I
1: know. I so,
0: think. how do you explain it to the customer? Even like, uh, do they pay for it? Like, um, because you know it's a problem. You spend ten hours, but is, is anybody's really appreciating it? Like that you are spending so much time.
1: Yeah, I mean, the first thing that we do as soon as something like this happen is we get the brand money to have a call with the client just to explain what is going to be the process, what are the actions that we're going to take, the timelines, Uh, sometimes we even show past cases in terms of what usually the time is going to take, how we made it successful, so they feel confident about what are the steps we're going to take. So that's usually the first thing, communication, 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 because I feel like if, if when a customer is having this stress that their listing is down, their account is down, I think they want to feel uh, supported and they want to feel somebody's by the side and is fighting for them. And I think the last thing that you can do is then getting back to them every 24 hours or, or not replying quick enough. And um, because I feel the pain of being an Amazon seller as well. So the first thing I do is we put high priority on these cases, uh, make sure that everything else is being done, like PPC listing, all of that is stopped. And all the team working you know, on fixing that as soon as possible and, ma- and showing to the customer that that's the case so they can feel relief and that we're doing everything possible to get fixed. Right?
0: Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so back to our aggregators conversation. Now, we said these guys raised the money uh, and now maybe deployed 30 to 40% of it, which means that there yeah. is a lot of money. Like they all... they already have a lot of money. I don't think the money is spent yet. So there is another yeah. five, six, seven billion dollars. I'm not saying mm-hmm. the same, like maybe it's not one of them, like maybe the other one. I, know. I, <laughs> know. I don't know that part, but I am still thinking le- less than 50% is deployed. I haven't seen any uh, any real indication how much of that is really deployed. Now, the question is, from your perspective, and you work with a lot of brands. Now, what do, what should they do? Like, because um, I think one of the consequences, the multipliers went down, the, like maybe two to three times. Like, I don't think the Amazon sellers should expect four, five, six x yeah. anymore. And I don't that's think gone. Even, that's gone. By the way, I don't think it's even related to the recession or uh, anything about inflation. It's gone before that because yeah. of the aggregator. Situation. The hype and everything. Yeah. 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 That was the I hype. Know. Anyway, now the hype is going more towards the reality, so the multipliers are gone. Now, what would be your advice to a brand which is like thinking? Now, I'm going to sell my brand with 5X. I have this lemon squeezer and it's a great product. I can sell now my brand for $5 million. What's your yeah. recommendation?
1: So, yeah, I would say the first thing is that if right now you're getting a multiplier around five, six times or higher, I think it's no brainer. You should definitely consider that. And the reason why I think that is because. It's very, and I know sometimes I have this conversation with founders and they say, yeah, but I'm going to launch new products and I'm going to do a new lineup and rebranding. And the first thing that I think is, first of all, there's huge risk on doing that because I have seen huge brands having good multiples. They say, okay, no, we don't want to sell because we really believe in our brands and everything. They launch new products, rebranding, everything goes downwards and they don't get the multiplier anymore, right? So going back to the reason why you sh- if you are getting six times or higher multiplier, you should sell is because most likely it's unlikely that by launching new products and doing all the strategy you have in mind, you're going to do more money with that than selling at a two or three times multiplier. Doesn't make sense. Okay. So I think that's the reality you need to understand. So if you're definitely getting that the off the table, definitely more, and if you already have the experience, definitely try to use that to maybe launch a. Um, new brands I think that's definitely something I have seen like a lot of good brands they sold and now some of the founders that they sold they are a bit afraid now to jump again on Amazon because now they know it's more competitive uh, everything is more challenging but I think for sure this uh, like initial wave of sellers are going to come back um, and they're going to use their experience to leverage new products and brands but in the meantime I definitely feel that uh right now if you're getting a good multiplier is 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 definitely something you need to consider because the only trend i see is going downwards and if we combine the fact that the hype of uh, aggregators buying brands is going down and then we add on top of that inflations recessions and all of that i don't think you're gonna get a good deal at least for another uh, one to two years uh, as a minimum as as things go back to normal uh, and yes, I think that's that's for sure something you need to consider because definitely if your idea is that you don't want to sell because you want to launch new products and have new strategies in mind, understand that that has a risk. And if the execution is not done properly, then most likely you're going to get even a lower deal down the line than what you're getting right now.
0: Makes a lot of sense. So what I mean... If, if yeah, the, if the brand is finding a, like a three, four, five x, I think you know four, five, six x, no brainer, they should sell. And two to three x probably will be the center uh, right. of the conversation in the next uh, maybe two years. And I don't see right. a reason why it should go up. But uh, one of the things that you mentioned was a little bit about the PPC, like these aggregators came into the picture. Yeah. I, I am not sure it's only because of them uh because they still do not represent a a a kind of a majority of Amazon brands like I mean I mean maybe they are like 1 2% of of Amazon like it's still 15 billion dollar is nothing in a trillion dollar uh revenue organization right I mean it's like a a huge business Amazon is like a nation as we said
1: Yeah for sure
0: So, but still, there is a fact that the PPC prices uh, are increasing, although I see it more kind of a stagnant in the last couple of months, maybe because of the consumer demand decline, maybe because of, um, you know, other reasons. But still, it's not, it's becoming more and more difficult uh, to use PPC uh, to make some money, right? I mean, what's... uh, I, I don't know, first of all, if that's also what you are observing as you are managing a lot of brands. And second, what can be done with that?
1: Yeah, I think uh, CPCs, for sure, we have seen a rise and they, uh, and we have seen some of the categories, they keep increasing. And I think what is happening, I mean, it's a combination of multiple things, but I think one, of, uh, one factor that people don't also consider is that Back uh, back in the time when rebate was a thing, a lot of the money from PPC was also diverted towards rebates and doing these strategies to basically position. Now all the money is going back again into PPC, and people is also trying to now basically launch just with PPC. Most of the people that if they don't have a strategy outside of Amazon, and now what is happening? I feel like uh, PPC because everybody's now watching the same strategies out there they want to compete for top of the placement they know they need to take the top five ten keywords I go exact match and everything everybody's doing the same and basically the algorithm is just killing each other with cpcs because it does reality. everybody's killing each other with ppc and i think to add on top of that, the aggregators, is true, they don't contribute to maybe a, a big pool, but there are some uh, categories that for sure, they are strong. Like, for example, there are some categories I know that in the baby supplements, sports, there are a lot of branded purchases, And in some of those categories, the, the aggregators, they are now just trying to kill each other in, in, in the advertisement because what happened now is that they need to basically give a response uh, to their investors that what is happening, why sales are going down, anything. And the easiest way for them to fix the issue is at the PPC level, they just put more money into it, try to drive more sales. But the reality, this is just driving the profitability across the board down. And I feel, I mean, just going back really quickly to the aggregators, I think a big issue is that some of these aggregators, they try to find the solutions, I think just on the PPC level, and they don't go deeper. And I think, for example, a lot of aggregators didn't try to negotiate the the, the supply, the suppliers prices, the shipping lines, uh, all these sort of costs that actually can give give you a, a profit margin quicker than just trying to play with the PPC. And I think this is just what created this a vicious cycle of now everybody's trying to fix the issue with PPC. And as you are saying, PPC, just the tip of the iceberg. And the reality is that PPC is just there to enhance and drive traffic to your listing. But if in the first place, your product is not competitive enough at the price point, offering, uh, images, uh, branding, and listing, there is not. you can put millions of dollars in PPC, but in the long term, uh, that's not going to save you. And in fact, if we actually see the distribution that we have seen that also across some of the brands, the balance is going backwards. Now, usually you used to see 30 40% of sales coming from PPC, the rest from organic. Now we're seeing a shift by a thing, right? And now we're seeing most of the sales like 50, 60% coming from PPC, and organic is becoming less. And of course, we need to add that this is also due to the so many placement. Amazon is adding on the first page. I mean, if you go right now to run out the first page, it's like 50, 60% of the page is a sponsor. Like every day is becoming more a pay to win thing. Uh, so it, it's very challenging. I think definitely some of the strategies you need to put in, on the table is finding solutions outside of PPC. And that's why we at the agency, we're experimenting with new things actually being been paying off for some of the clients, like using things such as Amazon Live, for example, in the U.S., uh, external traffic things like working, for example, with YouTubers, uh, influencers in TikTok, social media, because or even Google Ads, Google Ads and blogging because I feel sometimes putting the money into that is going to be cheaper than paying $7 for a click on on Amazon, right? So uh, those are the things you need to put on the table. Uh, And it's all about testing uh, because for sure some brands and pros work better in some uh, strategies than others. So that's, I think, my take uh, uh, to summarize as much as possible.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's great. Like, I mean, uh, maybe some nuggets for our uh, audience. Like, I mean, one of the last things that you mentioned, like, what can be done uh, besides the PPC and the things that you are doing also for your uh, for your clients? A couple of things that come into my mind is Amazon Live that you mentioned, uh, maybe yeah. using Google Ads, uh, using the TikTok ads or TikTok influencers, uh, and finally one thing you didn't mention, but I see some some traction with Amazon posts, like you know maybe doing posts, yeah. and more followers. That can also right. help. Um, uh, anything else coming to your mind about uh, like any strategy uh, that can be um, like uh, a supplement to a PPC?
1: Yeah, I would say um, I think the the best strategy here is also to make sure that you have a strong offer on the table and and, and you got the, the pricing right because I feel sometimes we try to fix our issues just on the advertising. department of business, which is PPC, Amazon Live, Amazon, all these things. But sometimes the solution can be uh, your bottom line, which is your supplier. So I see so many times this mistake of of founders that they don't try to negotiate the pricing. They don't try to find new locations for production, maybe play around with the materials of your product, uh, the shipping methods you're using. And sometimes you are. When I get better result by saving, I don't know, two, three dollars on your production line, that try to find a solution with external traffic and all of that because you are getting the profit already in your hands by cutting the cost straight, straight straight from the source, right? So I think those are all the things people should do. Not try to just get fixated on advertisement and all of that. Try to also find ways to call your costs. So usually that's on, on your production and your shipping and try to find alternatives as, as well.
0: No, that's a great one. Um, for example, uh, what we have on e- with Eva, we, it's a little bit crazy, but we kind of have almost a 100,000 square feet uh, warehouse space in the East Coast, Houston, and in the West Coast in California. And each time a new seller comes in and they are already using a 3PL, and I I say like our prices are always competitive, but i mean it's it's a it's it's a profitable organization, but each time i I receive like a, an invoice and our team is like basically taking the invoice and then telling the customer what would what will we charge uh and we are not we we are not like cheap but yeah. we charge is like fifteen percent less like ten to twenty percent I can give no, that and I'm like thinking. I mean, I'm like thinking like if our pricing is too low, then I look at the operation. I think it's reasonable. It's the right price to charge. And the reason why I think like that is because I'm an Amazon seller and I know how how much I would pay to pick and pack a product. Like I know about that, right? I'm not gonna pay $3 for that. I I don't think it's a 10 cents thing. So I know the price. Now, uh, what I understand is like, Everybody's looking at the same things on the 3PL or in the supply chain. There are some certain uh, unit prices that people look at, but they ignore the fact that um, in the supply chain, there is a lot of additional costs coming in, which they don't Mm -hmm. know, but it comes with the invoice. You know, like, I don't know. know. There's a lot of costs coming in. And uh, they need to be very careful on that. Like this can easily save, you know, like uh, a good friend said one time, like you win when you are buying, not when you are selling. Like when you are buying, mm-hmm. if your product is a low cost, if you
1: have that's what I'm saying exactly yeah.
0: the lowest uh, shipping, the lowest third party logistics, whatever is required. And then sometimes you send directly to Amazon, whatever it makes sense. And uh, once you have the lowest cost, and then you have a competitive price, like you said.
1: Then you worry about the rest.
0: Then yeah. you worry about <laughs> the rest. Again, uh, a customer was spending uh, like even like hundreds of thousands of dollars to DSP. And the yeah. question is like all the competitors, they are like 20% lower price. And oh, Amazon shows yeah. all of them. <laughs> you know, like I mean, people are looking at it. Like, I mean, um, you know, there was all this famous question, um, And uh, uh, about like why people go to Amazon because they trust the brand, because they trust a variety of options. And the third reason is because they want to get the lowest price. So these are the three reasons still for 100 millions to go into Amazon. Ignoring them is I think a big mistake, you know? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Then maybe you should open your own store. I know. You are Gucci and you are Gucci and you want to sell it (laughs) at... $500 $500 uh, for, I don't know, yeah. really short, it's okay. But on Amazon, will be tough. <laughs>
1: I, I mean, the pricing is always a funny thing because as soon as you start touching pricing to people, the first thing they say, oh, but my product is premium. My product is made in this island in the middle of where it has a handcraft materials. And I say, I get it. It's better. Everything that you say is true, but people in Amazon don't care. They care about sometimes about pricing and we need to understand that. And if we we are selling in in a category that the average pricing is $20 and you want to launch a premium thing for $100, it's difficult. You don't have a brand recognition, like I used to say, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, that they can put the price that they want. But if you're not there, there's no way you're going to compete with that price, even if you put a magic on the product for five, six times the price of the average market. You see what I mean?
0: So, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Vincenzo, I think, you know, that was a very, very productive, very valuable conversation. I hope that the, the audience will enjoy it very much. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think I learned a lot of things from you. Uh, I mean, you. you already highlighted this very important points, like the supply chain efficiency, um, the importance of the price, which on Eva, we always talk about dynamic, I know. you know, and, uh, also having a full, service agency rather than doing X or doing Y, because the key point is like to have the the full view. And uh, I think that makes makes a lot of sense. And uh, we're going to be seeing how the aggregators will progress, but for Mm -hmm. the brands, maybe today is about surviving and thriving and uh, ensuring that they make enough profits. And uh, maybe they shouldn't be focusing on too much on, uh in six months, I'm gonna exit and go to i don't know uh the maldives <laughs> or uh seashells i mean the the idea should be like focus on your business, make sure it works, make sure you are profitable and you are growing uh and then you know one day somebody will come with a uh, with an exit uh, plan right i mean uh, that yeah. makes more sense
1: yeah I, I totally agree i think i mean I, I want to thank you once again for having me i think for sure bringing this type of value to people is it, very important because i feel sometimes when we're Amazon sellers, sometimes we become tunnel vision and, and and we need sometimes these escapes to open our mind to new solutions and that's why i wanted to point out the manufacturing side of things and all of that because i feel so many times people get caught that the only solution is and the typical things you see all over the place. But sometimes the solution is much simpler, just going down to your cost, saving as much as possible on the production line. I mean, I think it's something that we didn't even touch that is very important is exchange rate. So many people are wasting thousands and thousands of dollars by not using the right payment solutions and things like that. And those are still percentages that are going to give you more profitability to try to do a tick right? Uh, so those are things I think it's very important to highlight and hopefully they can find value out of that
0: yeah absolutely so thank you very much Vincenzo, for joining our podcast and uh, looking forward to see you again so thanks a lot thank
1: you it's a pleasure thank you for having me bye bye